Chapter 16 The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, when they drew near before the Lord and died. And the Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron your brother not to come at any time into the holy place inside the veil, before the mercy seat that is on the ark, so that he may not die. For I will appear in the cloud over the mercy seat. But in this way Aaron shall come into the holy place, with a bull from the herd for a sin offering, and a ram for a burnt offering. He shall put on the holy linen coat, and shall have linen undergarment on his body, and he shall tie the linen sash around his waist, and wear the linen turban. These are the holy garments. He shall bathe his body in water, and then put them on. He shall take from the congregation of the people of Israel two male goats for a sin offering, and one ram for a burnt offering. Aaron shall offer the bull as a sin offering for himself, and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. Then he shall take the two goats, and set them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. And Aaron shall cast lots over the two goats, one lot for the Lord, and the other lot for Azazel. And Aaron shall present the goat on which the lot fell for the Lord, and use it as a sin offering. But the goat on which the lot fell for Azazel shall be presented alive before the Lord to make atonement over it, that it may be sent away into the wilderness for Azazel. Aaron shall present the bull as a sin offering for himself, and shall make atonement for himself and for his house. He shall kill the bull as a sin offering for himself, and he shall take a censer full of coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, and two handfuls of sweet incense beaten small, and he shall bring it inside the veil, and put the incense on the fire before the Lord, that the cloud of the incense may cover the mercy seat that is over the testimony, so that he does not die. And he shall take some of the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it with his finger on the front of the mercy seat on the east side. And in front of the mercy seat he shall sprinkle some of the blood with his finger seven times. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering that is for the people, and bring its blood inside the veil, and do with its blood as he did with the blood of the bull, sprinkling it over the mercy seat and in front of the mercy seat. Thus he shall make atonement for the holy place. Because of the uncleannesses of the people of Israel, and because of their transgressions, all their sins. And so he shall do for the tent of meeting, which dwells with them in the midst of their uncleannesses. No one may be in the tent of meeting from the time he enters to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out and has made atonement for himself and for his house and for all the assembly of Israel. Then he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it, and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat, and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times, and cleanse it and consecrate it from the uncleannesses of the people of Israel. And when he has made an end of atoning for the holy place and the tent of meeting and the altar, he shall present the live goat. And Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the iniquities of the people of Israel and all their transgressions, all their sins. And he shall put on them the head of the goat and send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a man who is in readiness. The goat shall bear all their iniquities on itself to a remote area, and he shall let the goat go free in the wilderness. Then Aaron shall come into the tent of meeting, and shall take off the linen garments that he put on when he went into the holy place, and shall leave them there. And he shall bathe his body in water in a holy place, and put on his garments, and come out, and offer his burnt offering, 
and the burnt offering of the people and make atonement for himself and for the people. And the fat of the sin offering he shall burn on the altar. And he who lets the goat go to Azazel shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. And the bull for the sin offering and the goat for the sin offering, whose blood was brought in to make atonement in the holy place, shall be carried outside the camp. Their skin and their flesh and their dung shall be burned up with fire. And he who burns them shall wash his clothes and bathe his body in water, and afterward he may come into the camp. And it shall be a statute to you forever that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict yourselves, and shall do no work, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before the Lord from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest to you, and you shall afflict yourselves. It is a statute forever. And the priest who was anointed and consecrated as priest in his father's place shall make atonement, wearing the holy linen garments. He shall make atonement for the holy sanctuary, and he shall make atonement for the tent of meeting and for the altar. And he shall make atonement for the priest and for all the people of the assembly. And this shall be a statute forever for you, that atonement may be made for the people of Israel once in the year because of all their sins. And Aaron did as the Lord commanded Moses. Chapter 17 And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron and his sons, and to all the people of Israel, and say to them, This is the thing that the Lord has commanded. If any one of the house of Israel kills an ox or a lamb or a goat in the camp, or kills it outside the camp, and does not bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting to offer it as a gift to the Lord in front of the tabernacle of the Lord, Blood guilt shall be imputed to that man. He has shed blood, and that man shall be cut off from among his people. This is to the end that the people of Israel may bring their sacrifices that they sacrifice in the open field, that they may bring them to the Lord, to the priest at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and sacrifice them as sacrifices of peace offerings to the Lord. And the priest shall throw the blood on the altar of the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting, and burn the fat for a pleasing aroma to the Lord. So they shall no more sacrifice their sacrifices to goat demons after whom they whore. This shall be a statute forever for them throughout their generations. And you shall say to them, Any one of the house of Israel, or of the strangers who sojourn among them, who offers a burnt offering or sacrifice, and does not bring it to the entrance of the tent of meeting to offer it to the Lord, that man shall be cut off from his people. If any one of the house of Israel or of the strangers who sojourn among them eats any blood, I will set my face against that person who eats blood and will cut him off from among his people. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. Therefore I have said to the people of Israel, No person among you shall eat blood. Neither shall any stranger who sojourns among you eat blood. Anyone also of the people of Israel, or of the strangers who sojourn among them, who takes in hunting any beast or bird that may be eaten, shall pour out its blood and cover it with earth. For the life of every creature is its blood, its blood is its life. Therefore I have said to the people of Israel, You shall not eat the blood of any creature, for the life of every creature is its blood. Whoever eats it shall be cut off. And every person who eats what dies of itself or what is torn by beasts, 
whether he is a native or a sojourner, shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. Then he shall be clean. But if he does not wash them or bathe his flesh, he shall bear his iniquity. Chapter 18 And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, I am the Lord your God. You shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt, where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan, to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. You shall follow my rules and keep my statutes and walk in them. I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. None of you shall approach any one of his close relatives to uncover nakedness. I am the Lord. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father, which is the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your sister, your father's daughter, or your mother's daughter, whether brought up in the family or in another home. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter or of your daughter's daughter, for their nakedness is your own nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife's daughter, brought up in your father's family, since she is your sister. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's sister, she is your father's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, for she is your mother's relative. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's brother, that is, you shall not approach his wife, she is your aunt. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your daughter-in-law, she is your son's wife, you shall not uncover her nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of your brother's wife, it is your brother's nakedness. You shall not uncover the nakedness of a woman and her daughter, and you shall not take her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter to uncover her nakedness. They are relatives, it is depravity. And you shall not take a woman as a rival wife to her sister, uncovering her nakedness while her sister is still alive. You shall not approach a woman to uncover her nakedness while she is in her menstrual uncleanness. And you shall not lie sexually with your neighbor's wife and so make yourself unclean with her. You shall not give any of your children to offer them to Moloch and so profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. And you shall not lie with any animal, and so make yourself unclean with it. Neither shall any woman give herself to an animal to lie with it. It is perversion. Do not make yourselves unclean by any of these things, for by all these the nations I am driving out before you have become unclean, and the land become unclean, so that I punished its iniquity, and the land vomited out its inhabitants. But you shall keep my statutes and my rules, and do none of these abominations, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. For the people of the land who were before you did all of these abominations, so that the land became unclean. Lest the land vomit you out when you make it unclean, as it vomited out the nation that was before you. For everyone who does any of these abominations, the persons who do them shall be cut off from among their people. So keep my charge, never to practice any of these abominable customs that were practiced before you, and never to make yourselves unclean by them. I am the Lord your God. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we're reading the Bible every single day in order to finish it within a year. My name is James Chase, 
And please, please, I am asking you to bear with me as I get these episodes out. I know I'm behind. Pay no attention to that upload date down there. Um, we are right on track. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get back on track, guys. Um, just I'm trying to manage uploading something every day along with life. And, uh, you know, no, it's, it's cool. We're going to get a rhythm. We're going to get back into things. It is my goal. I am so serious when I say when we get to day 365, there are going to be 365 of these podcast episodes by the end of this year. Um, guaranteed. <laughs> All right. So thank you for listening to today's Bible reading. We have gone through chapters 16 through 18 in the book of Leviticus. And now I'm going to talk about some things that stuck out to me. So we're here with chapter 16, and this is the main point of Leviticus. There's this thing, this day called the Day of Atonement. And if you break it down, it's at one mint, the day of at one mint. And it's the day where the priest makes the people of Israel at one with God. There's a few sacrifices here. There's the sacrifice that the priest makes for his own sins with a bull. And, you know, that makes him at one with God. And then he takes two goats, both of them for the sins of the people, but they have two different destinations. One is going into the Holy of Holies, where its blood would be used to cleanse the tabernacle on behalf of the people. And then the other one would go into the wilderness to Azazel. And I think it's this beautiful picture. You know, it's, it's, a, and it's an actual thing that's happening, but it's a, it's a beautiful picture in my mind because the people are seeing their sins placed on this goat as a sacrifice. And then they're seeing their sins being taken away from them. It's going away to a faraway place. And it makes me think, of a few things, one of them being the, of this verse that goes, uh, he, he removes our sins as far away as, as the East is from the West. And, you know, you think about how far away the, how far away the East is from the West. And it's, 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 a, it's, Im, it's Im, wow. Okay. Mouth. It's immeasurable. So, so when we go to God now, one, we don't have to make sacrifices we don't have to kill any goats thank god and two this, the result is still the same we we confess our sins and he forgives us right then and our sins are away from us they're, they're as far as way as far away as this the east is from the west and not only that it, he forgets our sin uh he doesn't he doesn't remember them and and it's, that's beautiful. Like it's not held against us. I can't contain see me stumbling over my words all throughout our lives. We carry so many burdens and we carry so much guilt and, you know, we try to mask it with TV and, and entertainment, but I know speaking for myself and I'm confident when I say I'm speaking for some of you that are listening there are moments where we're just home by ourselves. Either we're laying in our bed or, or sitting on a chair and we're just racked with so much guilt from 
the people that we've hurt and the sins that we've committed, the things that we know that we have done wrong. And it just creates a burden and it, it brings on so much shame and you want to be rid of it. And that's where the blood of Jesus Christ comes in. He paid the sacrifice. He paid the penalty that we should have paid. He he gave his life for our sins. He lived a sinless life and became this perfect sacrifice so that uh, our sins would be forgiven and they would be washed away in his blood. And not only that, you know, once you decide to, to follow Jesus and you, you receive, you're buried with him in baptism and you come up as a new creation. When you fall again and, you know, just being honest, you know, you will sin again. When you come to God, that, that same forgiveness is still there. And because Jesus didn't just die for the sins of your past, you know, the ones that you confess when you first come to him and, you know, you're, you, you think, oh yeah, you know, he died for those sins, but like, what about the ones that I commit after I follow him? I, it's surely, it must be worse. And, you know, that's kind of the right mindset because, you know, as a believer, you should think about, okay, this is terrible. I shouldn't be doing this. I want to stop doing this. And so you come to God in repentance and the forgiveness is the same. And so not only does uh, the, the, the blood apply to the sins of the past when you first follow Jesus, but it's also for the ones in the future because the God of the universe saw you, the mistakes that you're going to make. And he saw that you were going to choose him one day and he also saw that this, the, the sins and the mistakes that you're going to make after you decided to follow him. And he still made the choice to wrap himself in flesh and, and die on the cross for you. Only you. You know, that's, that's how amazing his love is. So the opportunity is there for freedom. Um, sin is a real thing. And we're going to have to answer for our actions when we die. But even before then, the guilt and the shame that we carry from doing those things, we don't have to anymore because there's a, there's a way out. There's a way out of the, the darkness into his marvelous light. So I would urge you to choose him. And I'll just stop there because we have another chapter to talk about. <laughs> Chapter 18 in Leviticus is one that is talked about a lot, you know, mainly because of the subject matter, of course, and we're talking about uh, sexuality and how to um, manage your reproductive organs, if I could put that plainly. <laughs> so... Um, I want to start off because I'm, I'm going to, can I put a disclaimer here? I'm doing it. I'm on the mic. I'm going to talk about this with as much tact as possible while also doing my best to adhere to the scriptures because I know that this is a sensitive topic 
for most people. And I'm, I'm not trying to be rude when I, I say any of these things. So with that said, Leviticus 18 starts off with, uh, with, with God saying, you shall not do as they do in the land of Egypt where you lived, and you shall not do as they do in the land of Canaan to which I am bringing you. You shall not walk in their statutes. And so everything he says after this is in, in, court, is, 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 is in line with, hey, don't do the things that you saw the people in Egypt do and don't do the things that the people in Canaan are doing right now because the, the whole purpose of, you know, the purpose of the theme of this book, Leviticus, is holiness and holiness is being separate from um, the people and the cultures that you are in. You know, where I'm, I, I live in America, I'm a Christian. I cannot follow the, the culture of the age and do what everyone else does because in following God, I, um, I have a mandate to be set apart and to adhere to his word, to adhere to his Bible. And if the Bible says to do something that is going against the culture, then that's what I'm going to do because I have chosen to follow Jesus. And so if I'm following Jesus, that means I'm going to follow um, his statutes, his rules. You know, it, you know, if I want to be in a relationship with someone and they have a stand, they have a standard and I am adhering to that standard, then I'm going to, to do things to honor that relationship. You know, if, if not, then, you know, if I'm telling someone that I, I love them and I'm not doing any of the things that they say to do, is that really love? Are we in, are we in relationship? What, you know, what are we doing? Or, or am I just, you know, faking it? Um, you know, while I'm doing what everyone else is doing or doing what I want to do. So that's the, the first point that I want to make clear. The second thing is that God is sovereign. God is in control. And, you know, what he says goes. And I don't mean to say that rudely, but I just say that, you know, he, you know, talks about how, you know, you're not supposed to have um, sex with your, you know, your son's daughter. Don't uncover the nakedness of your son's daughter, your father's wife. Um, you know, he is setting the parameters on what we're supposed to do in regards to sex. And in the Old Testament, he, you know, he, he's setting standards for what we're supposed to do about food and, and dress and all these things. And so when it comes to sex, it's no different. And so he's setting up the rules for this. Are you okay with the word rules? I know people don't like that. And they tend to think that the Bible is a book of rules. And so I try to stay away from that word when I'm talking about the Bible, but I just, so it's, it's so easy for me to just say, because statutes that's two syllables um standards two syllables rules is so much easier but um i think standard is a better word you know the bible sets a standard for christian living and you know it's not it's not just a do this 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 and this but it's a standard so 
just that was just a little side note. Let's get back to the the main thing here. And so in uh, verse 22 in chapter chapter 18, that's where we are. It says, you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. I think people like to select this verse and it, it, it use it for one or two ways. It's just like, oh, this is, they, they, people use it. Some people use it and say, this is why I can't subscribe to Christianity or this is why I can't follow Jesus. Then you have other people who use it as a way to beat other people on the head to stop them from practicing homosexuality. And neither one of those are okay because I think it's just missing the entire point of the chapter and it's missing the character of God. And so I see the point of this chapter or this section here because there's this whole other part about blood offerings and people just miss that. But the point of this section is sexual, sexual immorality and marriage. And God isn't wanting, God isn't wanting his people to commit the, the acts of sexual immorality that the Egyptians and the Canaanites are committing. He, he calls those things sexually immoral and uh, he wants people to be faithful in their relationships because God is faithful in his relationships. And in the Bible, marriage is supposed to be this reflection of uh, or a representation of God and the church, God and his, and his people. They are united together. They are uh, faithful to one another. And if you are practicing sexual immorality, then you, you can't be faithful to God. When we get into relationships, we have expectations. Oh, oh um, I don't like this. I don't, I don't like, I don't like this. I, I don't, I don't, I don't like, uh, you know, you know, you, you have, you have a list. Oh, I, I don't like, um, uh, you know, always driving in the car or I don't, I don't like doing dishes. And so when I get into a relationship, I, I would like the other person to do dishes. I, I need the other person to do dishes. And, and so if you, you're in a relationship with someone and they're not honoring these things, you're, you're going to start feeling like, okay, is this person really with me? And I think the same concept applies to a relationship with God. If we want to be followers of Jesus, he's going to, he's asking us to deny ourselves, um, you know, take up our cross and follow him daily. And so, and, and he's asking us to, he's, he's going to ask us to do things that are so against what the culture around us is doing. So I don't think you can practice sexual immorality and continue in a relationship with God. There's going to be 
um, strife. There's going to be s- like some internal workings and, and hardships, some internal difficulties going on. And when I say sexual immorality, I'm not talking about just homosexuality because, you know, the Bible says that if you lust after a woman, you're committing adultery in your heart. And that's just super, super. So he, he takes lusting after a woman and just puts one of the highest crimes on it, adultery. And he says, you know, don't do that. Um, consider your, your neighbor as a whole human being and don't lust after them. Um, pursue them as a person and, uh, you know, ma- marry them, pursue them in marriage and commit to this person fully. So in just talking about sexual immorality, I think you have to ask yourself, you know, what is the purpose? God gave us sex. And what did he give us sex for? What was the purpose of it? And I think, you know, the Bible answers that in that it's, um, it's a bringing together of a man and a woman as a reflection in, in marriage. And that marriage covenant is meant to be a reflection of God and his church coming together. Friends, I want to thank you so, so much for listening to this almost half an hour episode. (laughs) Half hour special. Um, I hope that um, you receive the words that I'm saying with the kindness that they are trying to be presented. I'm trying to speak very lovingly. because I, I just know just things like a topic like homosexuality is 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 a, is a sensitive topic, and so I want to be sensitive to the person that is in that lifestyle, um, and just you know speak li- speak lovingly, speak kindly, and so I hope I accomplish that. Um, I hope that um, whoever is listening is. You know, you you learn something about, um, you know, the love of God uh, when it comes to sin, and when and when it comes to something like sexual immorality, and and just about holiness. Um, I, I I don't, you know, it's important to talk about sexual immorality, but you know, the thing about being separated from the cultures around you, and and and. And, and being in God's hand, because holiness is not just about being separated from something, but it's being separated towards something. And we're separated towards Christ. We're separated towards God. And that's a beautiful thing because we're united in him. We're being, we're being uh, molded by him every day. And every day we're becoming more like Jesus. And that's what most of us want. So choose him today it'll be one of the best decisions that you've ever made i know i am way way behind it is april and i'm still in the 30s when it comes to these episodes i apologize greatly i thank you for your patience i'm going to like i said get into a rhythm and um catch up i know i have a lot of work ahead of me but i am committed to getting these episodes out no matter what 
So stay tuned. Come back to whatever your podcast platform is for more episodes of the Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we are listening to the Bible every single day in order to finish it within a year. My name is James Chase. Know that I love you, but Jesus loved you first. I'll see you tomorrow. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, and that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified.